You're listening to an N Stars podcast production. I'm Adam Mock, a 40 something year old film critic, about to talk about a movie about the greatest single father in all of history. I'm Melanie Weir, a 26-year-old former theater major, and I just watched an action movie. No, no. I just watched THE action movie. And we're about to make you watch... A podcast. Welcome back to Made You Watch a Podcast, where this week I made Mel watch 1985's Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I gave you this because... I, I went through that Twilight debacle last week. Yeah, you and, did. Uh, it was a bit much. So I figured to get back at you, I'd make you watch like the manliest film I could think of. And this was kind of it. Okay. Um, do you know anything about Commando? Zip. Uh, so you've never seen like a poster? Nothing. Or, like, I've, okay. never, I've never even heard of this one. All right. So you're going in blind. This should be good. So uh, we're going to take a little break. And uh, you guys can listen to the trailer. We're going to watch the movie. And we'll be right back. They hunted him down. You know, Colonel, we went to a lot of trouble to find you. They murdered his friends. And they took the only thing he would kill for. If he wants your kid back, then you gotta cooperate. Right? Wrong. Now, somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. Do you think that he is going to give us any problems? You'll do exactly as he's told. Last of the way, you fellas. You're a funny guy, Sally. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Are you going to tell me what's going on or what? No. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. What are you doing? Helping you get her back. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Major. You did. I lied. <laughs> if it's a mission no man can survive, He's the man for the job. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commando. Let's party. So, Mel, what'd you think of Commando? I think that I watched that movie. (laughs) It all just kind of blurred together. In a long line of machine gun fire and and shots of Arnold Schwarzenegger's bare chest. That was a lot of it. Oh, and trucks driving off of improbable surfaces. Oh, yeah. There's some stunt work in this movie that is pretty incredible. And everything about it is absolutely insane. From, like, the intro, the three intro scenes, because there's three of them. Oh, yeah. They were just the opening shots where I just like, okay, so we're establishing some murders. <laughs> so this is a Mark L. Lester film. Um, he did a lot of action movies in the 80s. He also directed uh, Drew Barrymore and Firestarter. Oh, this, that's coming out soon, right? The one, or the, the remake Efron, of it is coming out yeah, soon. Yeah, Zach Efron's remaking it. Commando is about Arnold Schwarzenegger who plays John Matrix. John, That's what a his name. name. That's his, his name is John Matrix. I just, he was being called John the entire time. Yeah, no, it's John Matrix. He always has insane names. I, I don't know why. He always plays a foreigner who's all American with a completely American name. It's, it's, it's. He's left his old past behind him. Jack Slater, you know, stuff like that. 
The movie starts off, Arnold Schwarzenegger, no, it's not even Arnold Schwarzenegger, rewind that, starts off with this guy in bed hearing the garbage truck come, and he runs downstairs, goes to hand the garbage men the garbage, and what do they do, Mel? Oh, they become murderous garbage men. And garbage they, man murder time. They light him up like a Christmas tree with a couple of ni- nice old 1980s Uzis. Oh, man, those you things. You know what gun they had? In the 80s, Uzis were like the gun they used in every action movie. Okay. It's like that little kind of squat. It looks almost like a fat handgun with a long um, clip uh, at the bottom. Well, it's what the guy pulls out in Men in Black, maybe, when he's like, please. Uh, I don't remember that. I remember the noisy cricket. The Eiger suit gets a shotgun, and the guy with the tow truck is like, please, and he just pulls out a much... Possibly. Yeah, I don't know. Poss- I mean, it's, it's basically a mini machine gun. They're, okay. They're Probably awesome. You don't, see him, you don't see him anymore. Like, Definitely no one ever really uses them. Man had. He gets off. The next scene is the, the one of the garbage men who was played by uh, Bill Duke, who is also in uh, Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Great character actor. He did a crazy movie with Nick Cage a couple of years ago called Mandy. That if, if you like hard drugs, you'll love this movie. I don't Fascinating. Even, I don't even know how to explain it. It's that insane. So Bill Duke goes to a car dealership. He's talking to this like kind of smarmy car salesman. He sits in the car inside, lets him start it up, and he just runs this dude through a window. He runs the, the car dealership guy through a window and kills him. Yep. Then we go to a boat, opening number three, and this guy in kind of this leather daddy shirt and a knitted chain looking shirt on top of it. I'm you said leather daddy. Oh yeah, he totally we'll looks, to he's, totally le- he's totally a leather daddy. Okay. He gets on this little kind of fishing trawler, I guess, takes off, thing blows up. Bill Duke blows up that one too. And then we're treated to a delightful shot of a chainsaw and Arnold Schwarzenegger's glistening bicep. Truly, yes. They just, they oiled this man. You could, it, it said, I, it had to have made like that sound you hear when like you rub leather, like a leather that <laughs> eh, eh, noise. I'm trying to do it with my leather chair here. Then you see Arnold Schwarzenegger with a full tree trunk, not a log, a probably a good eight foot foot wide tree trunk on his shoulder. To what end? Rocking an A-frame wife beater t-shirt, carrying a chainsaw. What do you need the log for, Arnold? Because he has to cut up lumber. Of course, he has to heat his house in the middle of the mountains. Yeah. Because he lives in this baller cabin. That thing is, that's how I want to live. I want that. I want a house like that. That's so cool. And cabin in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by mountains. <laughs> so there he, entrance. there he is, chopping lumber, looking tough. And he takes a second to look at his axe hand, the blade of his axe, and he sees a silhouette creeping up behind him. And he turns around quickly, and you think he's going to, you know, chop this person. No, it's his adorable daughter, played by uh, Melissa Milano. I did not realize that 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 young girl was the same woman that I watched on Charmed with my mom growing up. Oh, yeah. She is the the Me Too movement lady right now. That's kind of, that's her bread and butter these days. Jenny Matrix. Jenny Matrix. What follows is a montage of... One of the greatest daddy-daughter days ever. I mean, they feed a live deer. Yeah, they, they do. They learn karate. They go for a swim in the pool. What more could you ask for? 
they go for ice cream where Arnold has this moment where she shoves ice cream in his face and yeah. he makes the dumbest smile. Uh, th- th- I thought they were in the middle of the nowhere. Did they go somewhere for ice cream or did they make those those elaborate Sundays? No, I th- no, they went to town and so there is picked a up town. ice cream. They're not just like Yeah, yeah. They I mean they gotta you know, get supplies, I'm sure. Mm-kay. So um they get back to the house and she makes them this like really ugly sandwich with like sprouts in it and he makes a joke about Boy George. Now, do you know Boy George's? I feel like I will when you explain Karma it. Karma Chameleon? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's reading her Teen Beat magazine or something. He goes, why do they call him Boy George? Why do they not just call him Girl George and make it less confusing? <laughs> and, it, and and she just looks at him like, Dad, like, really? Like, it, it, was, it was actually, like, kind of funny to see this little girl like, oh, my God, you're so behind the times, Bob. <laughs> Dad, you're streets behind. <laughs> You know, they're just having a cute little day, and all of a sudden, he looks up, and there's choppers coming for his house. Not the chopper. And I can't do Arnold. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Not the chopper. I don't do it very well either. Um, so uh, the choppers show up, and the daughter looks at her dad, and he's like, you're not going away, are you? He's like, I thought you were done with these military people, Dad. I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, he's his hand is forced, and what he's asked is his old colonel shows up, and is saying that all the guys from his old unit, his old platoon, are all being killed off. They're all special forces of some sort. He was the leader of them, and they're going to come for you next kind of thing. Dun, dun, dun. And he's like, I thought... Like an eclipse. Yeah. I guess. Like with Rosalie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it all ties together. So she, um, you know, she's kind of giving the, the colonel some shit. She's like... He's not going. He's retired. Like, no. And he's just like, don't worry about it, little Jenny. Everything will be fine. Mm. But everything's not fine because the bad guys show up and just start laying waste to the place. All these, you know, military guys are just getting blown away. And Arnold sends his daughter to his room because he has to get to his safe. Mm-hmm. And the the safe, he just opens it up, and it's just weaponry and for I days. Thought, I was watching this, with, and I said to Will, I was like, this is going to be, he's going for his guns. He told his daughter to hide under the bed because he's going for his guns. And I thought I was joking. Yeah. Nope, gun shed. I was correct. Yeah. But I'm kind of surprised he didn't have, like, a panic room for her. Because he yeah. seems like he's got shit figured out because, let's face it, the life he had before, he was kind of, like, doing some dirty yeah, shit. So people want to kill him. He's already hiding. That Yeah, he's already, yeah, exactly. And... There's no wife to to be. It's just him and his kid. Mm-hmm. And so, like, this is his life now. Like, just keeping this little girl safe. He gets up to her room. gets his shotgun. takes a few guys out. Gets up to the room. There's just a guy sitting there in a chair, totally calm. He's just like, you want your daughter back? You're going to play. You're going to play nice with us. Mm. And he just blows this dude away with a 12 shotgun. Doesn't give a shit. I was like, oh, that's you've chosen the, the, the rogue dialogue option oh, yeah, in this a, game. He doesn't give a shit. So these guys, take, he looks out the window, they're a t- uh, black van and a kind of a Lincoln uh, town car, I think it was the one the guy stole, um, are whizzing down this like winding hill and they ripped out Arnold's electrical system or something from the car, yeah. from his truck. Just a pile of wires inside. You know how trucks are. <laughs> so what does he do with his truck, Mel? <laughs> he just starts pushing it. He tries to get a running start and he just starts pushing it after them. And I'm like, how? I know you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, but how long do you think you can keep this up? And then I am a little unclear. I can't remember what happened. Does he push it into water? No, he gets in it. Yeah. Throws his gun in, pushes it down the hill, uses the momentum of the hill, gets in it and is just dry. And they're like, 
Guy's crazy. He, he said, passes them like three he's times. Just, he, yeah, he passed. You, that's what that. There was some magic there because he would have beat them to the bottom of the hill because he was going straight and they were kind of serpentining yeah. the way the whole way down. But he manages to slam into one of the car. Well, the I think the van, and then he goes and that's when he goes in. Then the he goes in the water. But my question is, your kid's in there. Yeah. Like, what if you hit the kid? I. I I trained her to always wear her seatbelt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, maybe it's like a Matrix trait that they're completely indestructible and can't be killed. He just actually knows that his daughter is mildly immortal, and unless she is directly shot, she'll be fine. He taught her how to tuck and roll. So the bad guys get away. Um, Arnold, I actually no, Arnold gets caught at this point. I Does believe. he? Yes, because this uh, the the jumble of action in this I movie. Know, I know, I know, and so they get away. Arnold gets caught, and that's when you're introduced to David Patrick Kelly playing uh, Sully. And now this guy, you've never seen The Crow, right? No. And he was, he kind of got his start in this movie called The Warriors. It was like this weird street gang movie where this one gang has to fight through every borough of New York to get back to Coney Island. And they're all huh. theme gangs. It's a really cool Walter Hill. That kind of sounds fun. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a dated but very cool. And concept. maybe I would learn all the neighborhoods finally. <laughs> People are like, "Oh, you live in where?" I'm like, oh, "I live in Bed Stuy." They're like, "Where's that?" And I'm like, "Ah, uh. <laughs> good question." <laughs> I just take the train and then I arrive there. I don't know. Yeah. So this guy um, always plays a heavy. He's always a smarmy bad guy. He's the one that um, is hitting on Ray Don Chong when they get to the airport. Yes. Okay, the little guy. Yes. And yes. it's him, it's um, this other uh, heavy who was thrown out of um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's little platoon because he was just too crazy, and his name is Bennett, played by Vernon Wells. Yeah, wait, okay, is he the mustache He's the man? leather daddy, yeah. He... The, the 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 entirety of this movie was just me looking at him, trying not to make judgments, because I was like, this is the 80s. They wouldn't be that obvious about that, right? Um, and then the further we got, and the more villainous things that he did with a certain bent to them, I was like, oh, that's that's gay. That's gay. Oh, yeah, this was, is so gay. That knife was a representation of something else. It's um like it's not you you can even if you do have have these these violent kinks i feel like you can channel them in in, in a much more productive way yeah. that 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 being said um yeah that was really really gay <laughs> this guy's basically obsessed with ruining john matrix for throwing him out cuz he thinks he was kind of like the same amount of badass as him and this guy was actually in one of the mad max movies and you think he's he leather? He has that energy. You think he's leather daddy in this? I think I believe he's wearing ashless chaps and a thong. In he's that, one. that guy. Yes. Oh my he god! Works with wait. The, I think he works for the humongous. I knew he looked familiar. Like I haven't seen that movie, yeah. but I was working in the like by then, That's so like him. I saw enough clips. Yeah, he's just a little chubbier in this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. That's him. He. Yeah. Uh, so they they take um they make a deal with Matrix. What they need is um Dan Hedaya. Who's playing some, um, there's a country called Valverde, which is a made up uh, South American country. I literally said, I was like, I feel like they keep saying the name of the country really fast and with a really yeah. heavy accent. So we don't question like, where is yeah. it? Oh, it's Valverde. It was, oh, made oh, of up, course. it was made up by a writer named Philip uh, E. D'Souza. Like, like Genovia. And he used it in a ton of movies. Oh, like cool. it was a running joke that he always put in movies when they needed a non, uh, like uh, just any old country. 
You he know. accidentally created a shared universe. You could make a multiverse movie out of this. <laughs> it's it's got its own meme. wiki page. That could be a meme. You could make a multiverse out of that. No, don't. Oh, Jesus. So Dana Dea plays Arius, who is a Latin American dictator who's trying to overthrow this small country. And he needs the president killed, and he wants John Matrix to do it. That's what's happening. I was like, so there's just kind of yes. some very vague political yeah. upheaval going on here that I feel like yeah. we're not supposed to ask too many questions Now, he about. didn't know that the guy he fired, Bennett, was working with him because he thought he was dead. Yes. He faked his own death. He was the one on the boat. So he's been behind this whole thing. He got his own crew together. And oh, wait. He faked his own death. That was him on the... I, yeah. You know... They made it look I like he died. That so that, Yeah. A different leather daddy man or something. Yeah. And he didn't I didn't even have to do it. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Nobody even knew he was involved. I didn't really get that. <laughs> Sir, it doesn't seem like you were a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You made yourself a suspect. So Dan Hedaya threatens uh, the life of his daughter and says, you don't kill this president so I can take over the country. We're going to kill your kid. So he's supposed to get on a plane with one of the henchmen. And the plan is he's going to fly there, kill him when, the, when, he, when he gets there, and they'll get his daughter back. Easy, easy peasy. Yeah. So Sully, uh, David Patrick Kelly, and Bennett, and this other um, henchman who's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and a pith helmet like a maniac. Yeah, you know. Why not? Take him to the airport and he tells You're going to hench, you may as well hench in style. (laughs) And, you know, this is when you get like the crazy, I'll be back. Which, yeah. Because he had just done, he had just come off a of Terminator. Okay, so. so it was a reference. Yeah, yeah. That's a line from Terminator. I, I know that. Oh, of course you do. I actually only know that because they would reference it in the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, jeez. When oh, I was that's growing right. up. I forgot about that Because Jorgen von Strangle. Yes. <laughs> that was a pretty funny character. It was good. So they, they just added that to Netflix again and they keep like pushing it at me. Like, oh, hey, really? watch this. <laughs> we know you too well. They, um, they take him to the airport. They say, you're going to get on this flight. Um, David Patrick Kelly goes with them through the gate, which I love. You could get all the way to the gate back then. There was, like, no restrictions. Oh, wild. And I remember so he, when he I, could even watch the plane take off. When I was a baby, apparently my mom used to take me to the Philadelphia airport to, like, watch the planes and watch this, like, cool marble machine that exists there. Yeah, and, you can't like, do that anymore. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> you need to buy a ticket and go through, like, 12 hours of security. Yeah. Um, take so, off your shoes. <laughs> Matrix tells this guy, Sully, I'm going to kill you last. Rem- put a pin in that. Remember that for later. You're a funny guy, Sully. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Gets on the airplane. Breaks the guy's neck who's sitting next to him after asking for a blanket and a pillow from the stewardess. Which, so quick. Ew. He puts his helmet over his head, puts the blanket on and makes it look like he's sleeping and tells the stewardess, don't wake my friend. He's dead, dead tired. tired. And then he goes to, he, he fakes like he's going to have the runs or throw up or something, goes to the bathroom, but he's actually going into the hull of the plane to jump out of the moving airplane. Like in Toy Story the land, 2. Before the landing gear comes up. Arnold, 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 listen to me. Listen to me. You're not a rag doll. You are not Woody or Jesse or Bullseye. Or Buzz, was Buzz there? Buzz was also there. A lot of them were there. You're not made of plastic. I don't know what you're made of because you survived a fall into a swamp, but I was watching this and I was like, <gasps> he's going to Toy Story. He's, he's going to Toy Story. Beef, that's why. And then it took me a full minute to realize, oh, Toy Story was referencing this. <laughs> Probably, actually. <laughs> Pixar does that all the time. So um, he, dr- he dives into a swamp 
and he runs back to the airport and finds Sully hitting on Radon Chung, who's a put this put upon stewardess. And one of the more interesting characters in this movie, because all she does is complain, freak out, and point. She breaks the fourth wall with every line, and I love it. Because this movie is just like self referential She's like, how did you kill that guy? How could you just do that? How did we survive this? None of this makes sense. It's like it's like a forerunner to Last Action Hero. <laughs> yes, exactly. She's a lot like Danny in Last Action Hero. But it's like a millennial got sent back in time and is, <laughs> is watching the events of this movie going, that, 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 that wouldn't work. Yeah. That was literally like if you listen to my recording. Oh, you. It was you. My was commentary ev- the whole time was just like, she got there halfway through a movie. I was like, she gets it. Yeah. So Sully's hitting on her. She's totally like telling him to go fuck himself. But then he realized he has to make a phone call and say that the plane took off. Matrix sees him in the phone booth. Now, it's this giant, it almost looks like a, just a big, like, pills, like a, like a big sunglass case or something. Is that not normal? I, I guess for this airport. He bench presses this thing. He picks oh. it up over his head with Sully in it and just slams it down like Donkey Kong. You're and just, it is the greatest thing in this movie. You're describing the phone booth and I'm like, the, I feel like I'm supposed to be looking for clues as to what a phone booth is supposed to look like and why that's different. And I'm like, I don't know what a phone booth looks like, but it doesn't matter. He smashed it. <laughs> oh, I'm old. Um, so, so is this movie. So he kind of scares the shit out of Sully. Sully gets away. Mm-hmm. and as Which he, is a problem because he's going to tattle. Yeah. And he, um, I forget how he gets away, actually. So much shit happens in this movie, it fucks me up, but... You know, no, it's, okay, it's footage of him running through the swamp, intercut with footage of the other guy running through the airport. Yeah. And it's very jarring and very strange, and even though I remember, I can't tell you what exactly happens. <laughs> he, um, he gets to the parking garage, and Radon, he's hitting on Radon Chan down there, too. Yeah. And he sees Matrix coming, gets his car, takes off. He takes Radon Chan's car. She jumps in the passenger seat, but he can't fix it. It's this weird little sporty... That's why he takes the seat out. He rips the seat out of the car, throws it, gets in, and takes off with her screaming at him the whole time. I thought he ripped the seat out so that he'd be like low down to the ground so they maybe wouldn't see him. And I was like, dude, there's no top on this car. No, he just couldn't fit in the car. and Because he's just a monster, man. He's awesome. Incredible. Okay. So... They get in this high-speed chase. She's screaming at him, making a big deal. And she has every right to be. She's she's had a day. She got hit on by a scumbag, and then that scumbag twice, and then he stole nemesis her. is chasing him. And then and there was another larger man who ruined her car. Yeah, they end up getting in this high-speed chase. They get to uh, they're on this winding road, and he takes out um, uh, Sully's car, flips it kind of sideways, gets out, drags him to the edge of a cliff. And one arm holds him over this cliff and goes, you better hurry. You have to tell me everything you know. This is my bad arm. Oh, God. And the weird fact about this scene that I read today was the director just wanted Arnold to hold him there over the cliff. And Arnold's like, are you freaking crazy? I can't do that. Oh, my God. And he's like, fine, we'll bring in the crane. And they tied the guy to a crane and held him and had Arnold just hold hold him. And I'm like, that, that there was no insurance back then. No one gave a shit. Jeez. I mean, they were going to hold a human being over a cliff one-handed by a bodybuilder. That is insane. 
Did Arnold mean I can't do that physically? Yes. Or, okay, good. Yes, Arnold said, I cannot do what you're asking me to do because this man will die. Yeah. I'm not actually John Matrix, but they didn't understand that. <laughs> what do you mean you're not the character we wrote you as? Sully rats, rats out Bill Duke and tells him he's going to meet him at this hotel. Uh, uh, this, like, flea bag motel, sorry. He goes, well, remember when I told you I was going to kill you last? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I lied. He <laughs> dr just drops this guy to his death. And it's amazing. Reminded me so much of True Lies yes. when he's like just got the guy at the edge of the cliff and he pees his pants. <laughs> so many forerunners to so many other Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that I have seen. Oh, yeah. I, was this like the base of all the other ones? Because like oh, yeah. I've seen the ones. This I is the foundation, man. <laughs> I could almost believe that like Last Action Hero, the movie that is playing in that movie yeah. is supposed to be like the third one in this series. And the adult daughter yeah. is like got switched out for someone else. <laughs> Uh, I I, I, love, I just love how insane it is. It, it's so wild. I, I mean, the poster just says, let's party. I mean, that do, what does that does? even mean? Yes, I'm looking at it right now. Let's party. And that it's him just in that vest and everything with the knife. And he's just like, and it just says, Commando, Schwarzenegger. It's awesome. The, the Like, the only person in this movie I could maybe attribute that to is Mr. Leather Daddy. Oh, yeah. And he definitely wants to party I with don't him. think any of us want to party the way he does. <laughs> They need a new a new car, and one of the cars is flipped on its side. And Radon John's like, "Well, where's Sully?" And he goes, "Oh, I let him go." Ah. <laughs> and he's like, "She's like, okay, he didn't murder him, so I'll get in the car with this maniac." Mm -hmm. And he goes, "She goes, but we don't have a car." And he goes, "I'll get us one." And he just pushes this sideways car back on its two wheels, and they take it. Very, yeah. And they go to this motel where Sully's supposed to be. In uh, up drives Bill Duke, and he. He's like, all right, Radon Chan, I'm going to rip your blouse open and you're going to pretend to be a prostitute and get, just make sure this guy doesn't know I'm in here. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. He doesn't fucking fall for it. Sully's not in the shower. He did. <laughs> and what the end is like, you, you used to watch, you've seen Supernatural, right? No. Every motel they go to looks like one of these. They have those little like pipes and the little like decorative walls that are just like they almost look like bars. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what this motel room looks like. It's gross. And they just had this drag-out, beat-down fight for like 10 minutes. And Radon Chan is, is is just like, what's with all this male to toxicity or something? Testosterone, Testosterone something. <laughs> you scared, motherfucker? Well, you should be, because this green beret is going to kick your big ass. I eat green berets for breakfast. And right now, I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. And she's just watching like, oh my God, a human being almost like went through me. Yeah. Because Arm Schwarzenegger just tosses this dude around the room. He throws him through a door and there's a couple having sex. So there's your gratuitous nudity for a second. And you know, just a body in the room with them now for them to deal with. Well, not yet. Because then he knocks him back through into the other oh, room. Oh, excuse me. That's right. And puts him through a table leg. And the guy doesn't give anything up because, well, he can't talk anymore. They just leave the body there. This couple, you know, watching this whole thing. And they go to this dude's car and just start like looking through his trunk. Then they steal his car. And decide, and they, they so now they know the plan. They they have a map. And they they got it all figured out. They're gonna go find. They're gonna go find Bennett. But and at some point, some of this should have ended up on the news. Oh, you'd think. And there's no cops in this world. Didn't. I mean, <laughs> sorry, that's what we missed. That was the part I was missing. He follows Sully to the mall. 
The mall. That's what I missed. Oh, it was driving me crazy. And I thought it was airport. And the is a pain in the ass the entire time. Yeah. So he gets into this big brawl at a mall. That's where he bench presses the thing. I am because so dumb. Because actually what she's doing is smart. She does the thing that I always want the person in the action movie to do, which is behaves like a normal yes. person and like alerts a security guard to the fact that there is a crazy man asking her to do things. Yeah. But you know what? I watched her do it and I'm watching her do it. And I'm like, you dumb yeah. You dumb hoe. She goes right up to the cops and rats Arnold out. So now they're looking for him. Sully exchanges uh, briefcases with some dude uh, that's involved in the plan. And that's when he picks up the phone booth. And then Tarzan swings onto an elevator. I mean, it's absolutely insane. That So, yeah, we don't, we don't want any, like, emails or tweets that, like, we got that wrong. That was how that was that, that was yeah, the Sully side. That's that's the mall. <laughs> so that's right because I had a little Tarzan note in my voice notes. I made the Tarzan sound, <laughs> and I was like, "Why did I do that?" Because how <laughs> as it, as insanely fun as this movie is, it's hard to remember how the action unfolds because every scene is completely ridiculous. Every second is so jam packed; like your brain yeah. cannot possibly yeah, it hold it all. Stop. It does not stop. So there's one point where they're mach- they're just firing machine guns at each other for like ten minutes. Yeah. They they go to this dock and they find out um, he kills a bunch more dudes who are like henching around, and <laughs> he realizes she knows how to fly a plane, so they're gonna steal a plane from this place and take off and go to Valverde, sneak up on them and get them before they realize that his plane is landing in the country. I will say that they did I don't know app- how they beat them there. Though. They did appropriately set smaller plane. Yeah, I don't. They did appropriately set that up in any event. Yeah. At least they told us at the beginning that she was like trying to get her pilot's license. Yeah, because I, I I watched it twice. And I was like, oh wait, that's right. She was. How did she know how to fly? She was taking classes, but she knew way more. She knew like how much gas to use per plane, and she had the math down on like routes. You're just taking lessons. You don't. I, I don't know if you know. Maybe that she's much yet. like hyper obsessive in her spare time. Seems like she's it. like Hermione Granger <laughs> for planes. Before they can get on the plane, they need supplies. So what does Arnold do? He goes to a Army Navy surplus store, breaks in with a um, uh, like a backhoe or something. With way with too too equipment. much enthusiasm, like he drives through <laughs> the front door and then he keeps going. Arnold, you're already inside. And again, no cops. Nothing. <laughs> and he starts picking up, you know, bulletproof vests and tactical gear, binoculars, and then he knows that d- this guy must be a doomsday prepper who owns the place. Breaks into another safe because he's just as crazy as Arnold, and there's rocket launchers, bazookas, grenades, every no gun imaginable. He loads up. They drive to this place, steal the plane. They take off, and she almost doesn't even make it because she doesn't realize she has to like hit the throttle, and he just like jams it. And they get there, they land just in time, and now you see Arnold Schwarzenegger in a little black speedo. Loading up this uh, this like inflatable raft with everything. You I mean, why? It's a warehouse of just killing machines. Why the speedo? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get the speed, but he's like, fuck it. So he he wrote he you know he gives Radon John a cute little like smile and he's like, just wait for me. How will you know? How will I know that it, you you need me to call in? Because he gave her like, you have to call this colonel and tell him all this stuff. Oh, and hell's gonna break loose. <laughs> Or fucking hell's going to break loose. <laughs> and he just jacked. He's he's rowing this boat. He's just like glistening. It's 
They Once oiled again, him up. An oil, a well-oiled man. Just wearing a Speedo. I mean, this it's was fine. Mr. Universe, like, a, t- a ton of times. That's Mr. He, Universe? He was Mr. Uh, it's a bodybuilding competition. That's oh. how he made his, his start. I see. And... My friend Jeremy's, like, obsessed with him. He, like, has his bodybuilding book and everything. <laughs> that's awesome. He gets to the island and starts the montage of putting on boots putting on a vest, putting on his, uh, the like, the makeup, that like yeah. the camouflage okay. makeup. Arnold, sweetie, you're, by your watch's count, your daughter is already dead. You are injured. You're putting on makeup? <laughs> well, he's got to blend in with the surroundings. That's why you do that. I don't think that he can do that. Because, <laughs> you know, it's green. He doesn't even put on any real, it's like black. And, it's, and everything it's like around him is black. green. <laughs> if anything, he stands out more because once again, he is a very large, glistening man in a speedo. He's a tree. I mean, he's a tree trunk. He's a tree. <laughs> he is the tree he was carrying at the beginning of the movie. So he puts on his vest, puts on like eight knives. This guy has so many knives. He just keeps throwing knives during this whole movie. It's great. He's got like two guns. He's got that giant bazooka that at one point Radon Chong. Ha- uses a bazooka the wrong way oh, and yeah, blows up a building because she's trying that to... That sh- was funny. Because he got arrested by the cops and she had to get him out of the cop car so she shoot... It, well, it was like a truck. So she shoots the truck. Wouldn't that kill him? She makes the same mistake that he almost made with his daughter in the movie. Push that button again! Not the first button! <laughs> and he goes, how did you learn how to use it? And she goes, I read the directions. <laughs> That was very funny. Yeah, so he's got, he, and, and it's like a four-barrel missile launcher. She used two of them. He got one, he got two left to use in Valverde. Nice. So he's like, fuck it, I'm bringing it with me. Then they show him in full regalia. He's got everything on. He must be carrying 900 pounds worth of, like, equipment. I got that on the, and I've got all my guns. <laughs> but the cutest is, like, he has all these, like, grenades and shit, and then just this big pair of binoculars. Like, he's going bird watching. <laughs> and the binoculars... He looks through them, and it's, like, all digital readouts and shit. I'm like... Yeah, what the heck? I'm like, what year? It's 1985. This, I don't no. think our binoculars do that now. <laughs> There's, like, a little dial on top, but that was about Google it. Google Glass got, like, canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now Ray-Ban has it. I don't know. Uh, uh, so, he says... Fuck it, y'all. You hear the construction behind us? Sorry, folks. Um, oh, God. <laughs> so, he just decides, I'm going to kill everyone it's time everyone. to die <laughs> and he just unleashes hell on these people he but did not, warn he did say all hell was gonna break but loose. not before he takes about 10 c4 canisters and puts them around these two giant warehouses very, as he's as he's just axing dudes very strategically and bl- that that explosion was Oh, that was Chef's Kiss. It was very gratifying. It, After watching it be set up so carefully, especially. That, it, two buildings blew up, and that was just beautiful. It was just like the, that big 1980s gasoline explosion that doesn't really happen. Yeah. So now they know he's there, and he's he's in like plain sight most of the time, just lighting dudes up. He's just firing wildly, runs a little bit, fires again. There's 18 guys coming at him. They're missing entirely. Armed, trained guards suck at killing. Despite the fact that, as we have said, this man is a tree. (laughs) He should be so easy to hit. He's such a large target. Literally, the side of a side of a barn. (laughs) So he—it's just all the muscle functions as essentially a bulletproof vest. So he starts just making his way through these dudes, and his daughter figures out how to escape this like room they locked her in. They boarded all the windows. 
she takes apart the door handle and just uses it as a pry bar and gets out this little hole. She's so clever. I love I love an industrious little girl. Then Leather Daddy shows up, sees what happened, and Kool-Aid mans through this wall. Of course, like, he sees her <laughs> as she's escaping. Like, he couldn't have been, like, ten seconds later giving her a little head start. But, like, he literally just throws his body through this oh, wall. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, yeah! Oh, no! She ends up in some, like, weird little, like, steam room basement area trying to get away from him while... You Ma- know, the scary place. Yeah, Matrix is just lighting dudes up. Meanwhile, Radon Chan's on the plane going, Commando! Commando! Whiskey Alpha Foxtrot! In the most, like, sounds like a child learning how to act voice I've ever heard. Because <laughs> she's calling in, like, reinforcements for Commando, for uh, John Matrix. He fucks all these dudes up. He gets to the house, and there's Dan Hedaya, our... Columbia, or Valverde, like drug Valverde. lord or something, dictator, and they're An just, evil man. They're just shooting at each other like crazy, and he just twelve gauge shotguns this guy off a balcony, and it's beautiful. And it was, I think, after this point that I was like, how many more gunshots? <laughs> oh, it's all the guns. Can there be in a film? I mean, at one point he does run out of guns, and he ends up in a tool shed, and he uses blades from a circular saw. To take a guy's scalp off, he takes another dude's machete and takes his arm oh, off. Oh, the gratuitous removal oh of the arm. Oh, my God. All of that a sudden. Was, like, that was... All the deaths were so comical. And, like, not really, like, super graphic. You didn't see, like, a whole lot of blood. <sighs> this was, like, the first episode of Invincible. It was just, like, so gore. And it was clearly, like, a fake arm because it's, like, 80s stuff. But at the time, I imagine it must have been jarring. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's throwing grenades and they do, like, the, the ram air system where it, like, launches you off. And you see, like, those little, like, catapults every once in a while. Because these guys are going, like, nine feet across oh, the lawn. <laughs> During the... I mean, it's it's... Everything you want from a shitty 80s action. It really is. But it's not shitty. It's fucking great because it's just, it knows what it is. Exactly. And it's, it's, and it's just giving it to you. So he kills the, the, the main bad guy. Now it's just him and Bennett. And he finds Bennett about to. And it's so gay. He's about to get his daughter, and he he has like a knife to her throat, and he's like, I'll kill her, Don. You gotta fight. He's like, No, no, fight me. Put the knife in me. Bro. Dude, he was like, this dude wants me. I'm going to do... Uh, you know what? I'm going to honey trap him. Like, this, <laughs> <laughs> he was in a platoon or whatever for this with this man for many years. Trust he knows about this little this little violent fixation. Yeah. And, oh, this guy, he was so... He's like, I don't need the girl, John. I don't need the girl. I, I can kill you myself. Yeah. I don't even need the gun. I can just use the knife, which is a representation of his... Yep. <laughs> Let's face it, folks. And then... And then he pulls out his knife, and the two start going at it. And oh, now, they do. And now, he is topless right now. Like, this guy's in his leather daddy gear, for sure. Arnold has nothing up top. And he's got the makeup on. Oh, he is, he is like, a wet dream for this man, <laughs> for yeah. Bennett. And they start wrestling around. He throws Bennett into an electrical panel at one Which point. killed Catwoman. Well, no, then she didn't she taser herself? Yeah, yeah. Well, with the against like a giant electrical thing or oh, something. Oh, that's right. She did grab that. I yeah, think. I think you're right. I, haven't I seen forget that movie in a exactly. Minute. She held something above her head like mistletoe. <laughs> the point is, she got electrocuted to hell. But he hits like a turbine on a on a chain link fence and just screams a little and comes back at him. Now they're wrestling. He's been doing this to himself, I bet. Oh yeah, he was into it. <laughs> He's got some kinks. So the two of them are wrestling in front of this like open furnace that this guy ripped. 
the cover off of, I think it's got to be scalding hot. Arnold's using it as a shield because this guy's trying to hit him with a pipe. And now they're just like... Trying to hit him with a pipe They're back on their feet. And he's trying, they're trying to stick one another's heads into the oven. And he gets a good shot and knocks the Doc Bennett back, rips a pipe off the wall and throws it into his chest and steam just billows out. And if we're talking about (laughs) homoeroticism, Arnold won that exchange. He laid some pipe. (laughs) He sure did. That was one of the most violent and gratuitous deaths. (laughs) That I've ever seen. It was awesome. And it was a penis in our allegory. <laughs> it really was. It was great, though. He's like, hey, Bennett, let off some steam. And his daughter is not traumatized by any of this because she was looking on from the balcony and just gives her dad, like, this little, like, wink and a nod. And the two of them are walking out. He's holding, he's topless, holding his daughter who just looks like she's been through the ringer too. Like they both look like they've been in a fight. But she's like also fine. Oh no, she's totally good. She she and the colonel fought. They, they finally these assholes finally show up. Yeah, I, I was sus of them the entire time. You I think they were I involved. just don't trust military figures in films anymore. I think modern film has done that. Maybe yeah. possibly. I don't know. Maybe Avatar. <laughs> well, that and John Matrix doesn't either because the colonel goes, "Get the team back together, John." I'll see you on the next one, uh, the next time. And he goes, no chance. Yeah. He's like, I'm not working Did for you. Did you see the results <laughs> they just of took the first my kid, time? Asshole. So he gets to the plane and there's Radon Chong waiting in the plane because they let them take the stolen plane home. They don't have to debrief these people or anything. Like no. explain what just happened. You just murdered 8,000 people in a non-extradition country. Some bad shit just happened. Everything's fine. Radon Chong, like she's known this kid her whole life, gives Alyssa Milano a big old hug. Like, oh, hey, new mom. They get on the plane, and John Matrix has a girlfriend. He's got a new plane. He's got his kid back, and all his enemies have been smited. I can see with films like this why people are sometimes like, life used to be so simple. Like, if this is what you're referencing, weird, but okay, I kind of get where you're coming from, I guess. It's a real let God sort them out kind of thing, you know? It's like... but it knew what it was. That's oh, it what. So did. That's why this movie's so popular. It. It's kind of like when John Wick first came out. It. It's such a ridiculous premise. It's a guy who's upset that his dog got murdered, yeah. so he kills everyone because of it. it. Turns out to be one of the coolest franchises we have right now. People love John Wick. You know, and that's I think what this was. Did and the that's, fourth one just get delayed again? I'm not sure. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> have to check the site. But, um, yeah, so I, I think that was Commando, folks. It, that it, was. It is a balls-to-the-wall blueprint for all the action you've seen the rest of the, the, from 85 on. I mean, it's so good. It was somehow exactly what I was expecting and yet a pleasant surprise. Yeah. So I'm I'm just going to rate it. I, this movie's an 11 for me. Uh, yeah. It's a hard 11. I, I, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> this I, I was excited when I gave you this because I, I – a lot of people requested it. And, I, and they're like, really? why? Show her Commando. Show her Commando. You have fun with it. And I'm like, I haven't seen Commando in a while. I, I remember loving it. And then I rewatched it. And I'm like, oh, fuck yes. <laughs> but again, like you get mixed up with this movie because so much happens. There, I, in a very, in, in a, it's only an hour and a half. Yeah, like, You're in, you're out. Guys, like rarely do we ever actually like listen to my whole notes together before we start. But we had to today because I was like, I don't remember 
what happened. Oh, yeah. And we were going through, like you heard me before we were going through, I was like, I still don't remember what some of these notes mean. And Why did I make a Tarzan noise? And it's not so much that you don't remember what happens, it's the order in which it happens. The order in which it happens and the fact that so many things are piled on top of each other that are noteworthy, it's, yeah. your, your brain is going to lose something. And you're excited to like say the lines, you're excited to talk about the different like kills and shit, but you never remember the order. That I know. <laughs> I remembered that giant pipe, though. Oh, that, that was ruled. I didn't even... It was actually so violent with yeah. the steam coming through that it, it took me until thinking about it <laughs> later to realize what it was an allegory for. <laughs> I, I, I knew what that was going to be a discussion on the show. That, and that, I was like, oh, yeah. She, I know you knew. She's going she's gonna to have something to say about this as, cat. At first, at first, I was like, okay, maybe this will be like a thing and he'll just be like, nah, this was just villain wear. But like the, the yeah. second or third time... Like when he wore that smirk... When he was fighting him the first time, I was like, "Oh no, Come on, At, John!" Adam His knows. Voice cracks. Like, like, like. He's just excited now. Yeah, <laughs> he no. can't even. He can't even hold it in. So, uh, yeah, I gave. I'm giving this puppy a big old eleven. You know, two. Uh, the end. Two stars thumbs 11. up right there. All I, right, Mel. So, what are you giving this puppy? I walked in. I expected to give it a six. And then we went over all of the stuff again, and I'm like, "No, it gets a bump. It gets a bump." At being a seven for being as self-aware as it is. I thought you were going to go higher. Nah. I don't know. You you had so much like, you were so enamored of how weird everything was. It was weird. I, thought you, I really thought I was going to get at least an eight out of you. I think it, it loses. <laughs> if, if I had to make suggestions for it to be an eight, I guess I. it was just for me, it was literally just that it was so loud for so long. The 10-minute oh, yeah. machine gun fight, literally at a certain point, I was like, I am receiving psychic damage and I need to mute this. It's one of those scenes that you're watching this at three in the morning and you suddenly have to turn your sound you're bar like, down. You're like, oh, I'm <laughs> listening to this very loud. Because <laughs> you're like, everyone in the house is waking yep. up. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so that was Commando. Mm. Next week on the show, it's Mel's turn to recommend something to me. What you got? Um, let me let me let me give you a favorite of mine in return. A gratuitous favorite of mine. A sleepover movie. Uh -oh. What a girl wants with Amanda Bynes and Colin Firth. Okay, yeah, I I, I remember this coming out. I think my girlfriend saw it. She liked it. Uh, everybody liked it. Yeah, this like movie. I never, I never, I, I had no interest in it because why would I? Yeah. But I, I, I never heard anybody go, "That's a stupid movie." This will be. It's just. Been, it'll be interesting because you've been listening to me and Carly and Jess watch Bridgerton with like rapt attention in the yeah. office. The the <laughs> setting here is like modern, modern that it's what Lo yeah. London turned into, and it's the the same debutante scene. Yeah, and I, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know much about the way. She's trying to find her father that. Yeah. Is like some lord or he's, something. He's a member of the House of Lords, her okay. father is, and he doesn't know she exists. And she turns that's... 18 and she's like, I'm going to go find the other half of who I am. Because that's what you do. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, next week on the show, we're going to hang out with Amanda Bynes a little bit and watch What a Girl Wants. Hey. <laughs> so I've been Adam Ock. I have been Melanie Weir. And we made you watch... A podcast. See you next time. That was dry. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You've been listening to an N-STARS podcast production.